Welcome to the Embassy City Podcast. Today is week four of the Make Room series. If it's your first time listening, be sure to catch up on previous messages from this series. You can find them here on this podcast or on our YouTube channel under Embassy City Church. Now let's join Pastor Tim. What's up, Embassy City family? I am so excited to continue this particular series. But the reason why I'm excited today is that it's not continuing through me. As we talked about last week, God is speaking through more than one person about how he wants us to make room for what he wants to do in this season. And this weekend is going to be no different. Uh, Ryan Abraham, uh, the newest pastor on our team uh, that just started with us is about to bring a word from God. And so I want you to lean in. I want you to perk up. And I want you to lean in as he gets ready to share God's word with us. Please do not despise his youth. This young man has something that God has given us to all hear. So open up your hearts, open up your minds, make room for what God is about to do. Now, stand to your feet and give a big, warm welcome to our very own pastor, Ryan Abraham. Embassy City Church. How you guys feeling this morning? Man, y'all, y'all sit down. I'm just, I'm just some white skinny dude from California. Don't, don't, don't do all that. But uh, before, before I, 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 I dive into the word this morning, I just first of all want to um, honor our pastors of the house, Tim and Juliet. Man, aren't we so, aren't we so blessed to have amazing? Amazing human beings leading this this congregation, and um, on behalf of me and my wife, I just want to thank um, Pastors Tim and Juliet and the staff here and the church here for embracing us like uh, like one of your own. I mean, we have felt so honored to come into relationship with so many of you. And if you don't know me, my name is Ryan Abraham, and me and my wife Ashton Abraham, we just moved from uh, Southern California two months ago today. So we uh, then we got married. Uh, two weeks ago, so uh, not two weeks ago. What am I? We celebrated our one-year wedding anniversary two weeks. This is trouble, man. I'm not gonna look that way. I'll just. But um, I was I was reading up on uh, on some some uh, you know just some certain things for communicating, and they say if you show them a picture of you and your family, they'll most likely listen better. So that's exactly what I'm gonna do. I have a picture of uh, my wife and my dog popping. There we are. That was our first family uh, Christmas photo right there. So that's us. Our dog's one years old too, if anyone cared. But um, man, ha- hasn't this, uh, this sermon series Make Room been a blessing to anyone so far? I don't know about you, but this is, this is probably by far one of my favorite series that I've gotten to uh, listen to and uh, just hear from God. And uh, Pastor Tim has been just doing an amazing job in communicating like he always does. But I'm excited to preach today. So uh, I'm going to pray that we'll just jump right in. It sound good to anyone? Amen. Did you guys sit next to the right person this morning? Yes. Are you happy? Yes. Good, because Tim gave me three hours to preach, so we'll be here. <laughs> Joking, <laughs> it's like four people walked out right now. 
But let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much just for the opportunity we get to gather in such an amazing, amazing house, Jesus. God, we pray that in week four of our series, Make Room, that you would speak and um, you would just move through your word in a new and a fresh way, Jesus. We invite your Holy Spirit in to do what only he can do, Jesus. And that is change lives, change souls. And God, we just, we pray right now, God, that we would just make room in our hearts to listen and, 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 and the word would not return void, Jesus. We love you so much. And everyone says, Amen. come on. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. Well, I believe I have a word from God this morning. And I, the, the title that God gave me is have faith for more have faith for more. I think he had told me in praying and preparing for the sermon that, that we, we ought to start having more faith in our situation. We ought, to, we ought to have faith for more. And briefly, I just want to share with you five things that I love. These are five things that kind of make up who I am. These are my five greatest things that I love. The first thing is I love my wife. Come on. I love, it's like, why are we clapping? I love my wife, man. I love when I come home after a long day and she's the first person that I see. I, I love, I love when I lay my head down at night. She's the last person I see before we go to sleep. I'm, I'm having some great husband points right now. Can I get an amen? It's like, bro, you love your wife before God? Something's wrong. No, I don't. All right. But I love, I love my wife. I love how, I love how crazy she is. I love how dramatic she is. And all the husbands said, amen. I, I, I love, I, I love that she loves me. I love that she supports me. I love that I feel so valued and loved by her. And the second thing that I love, I love my family. My parents and, and my sisters are back home and I love my dad. Me and my dad are like best friends. I love my mom. I, I, I will, I don't care how old that I get, I will always be a mama's boy. And all the mama's boys said, amen. But I love my sisters, man. I, I love when, when our family gets together. And when we get together, it's like you're not really sure if we're going to leave in a fight or just leave laughing. Y'all got any families like, yo, when we get together... I don't really like when we get together, but I love, but I, I just love my family, the closest thing to me. And I wouldn't even be on the stage this morning if it wasn't for my family. And the third thing that I love, I love fashion. I love clothes. There's no greater feeling in the world than getting a knock on the door with a box of shoes and you open it. There's no greater feeling on the planet. Y'all are like, yo, this dude is definitely from California. But I love, I love getting new clothes. There's nothing greater than getting new clothes and wearing the outfit that you just bought. And usually in marriages, in marriages, it's usually just the wife that likes to spend money on clothes and shoes, but we are screwed because it's me too. I love it. The fourth thing that I love is I love food. Oh my gosh, there is nothing like going to a restaurant. And by the way, in, in California, we don't have chips and queso. We have chips and salsa. And the thing that I love is, is when you walk into a restaurant and they seat you with free chips and free queso, you better believe I'm having at least four or five bowls of chips and queso before the food comes. I love, by the way, Texas Roadhouse rolls, y'all. Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. 
If you don't believe God is real, go to Texas Roadhouse and try the butter. I give you permission to leave church, actually. But man, I love food. And, and if you know anything about me, I can put down some food. Thank you, God, that my metabolism hasn't slowed down or I would be 300 pounds. I love it. So if you have a restaurant that you love, buy me a gift card so I can eat there for free. But I love food. And, and the fifth thing that I love, man, I just love church. Man, I love being in the presence of God with other like-minded people going after one thing, which is the name of Jesus. I love being in the presence of God. I love our church. I love what God is doing through embassy. I, I love watching different churches and different cultures. And, 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 and I love going to all white churches and all white, all black churches and all Mexican. I love seeing what God is doing through other cultures and other churches. But I didn't always love church. See, I, I got a testimony just like you have a testimony. See, I was ratchet just like you were ratchet. Come on, you got to shame the devil this morning. But, but in fact, growing up, I hated going to church. My parents planted uh, the church that I was working at before I came here in 1997 when I was three months old. So I literally, I'm pretty sure my mom had me in the church building. Like there wasn't in a week that I wasn't in church and I hated it. I hated every part of church. I hated talking to church people. I hated dressing up to church. And in fact, I hated church so much growing up that I actually formed a drug problem. My parents drugged me to and from church every Wednesday. And then, some of y'all are like, man, this, are you still on the drugs? Good. Wednesday in, Wednesday out. Sunday in, Sunday out. I was at church and I hated it. And I, I just, I do want to speak to all the young people in the room. If you're between the ages of 12 and 18, this is for you. I, I just, first of all, want to commend you for being in the room this morning. I just want to say it doesn't matter how you got in the building this morning. I don't care if you were drugged to church. I don't care how you got here because it doesn't change the plan and purpose that God has for your life. God wants to do amazing things through you. And your parents or whoever brought you to church believe that too. And if you can only see now the plans that God has for you. So I just want to honor you for being here. I want to say thank you for coming with a good attitude. All the parents said amen. But man, I hated church growing up. I hate, I couldn't stand being there. But the whole time I, I resented going to church and, and, and I wanted to, to do things my friends were doing and I, and I wanted to experiment with what, what, what was going on in the world. But the whole time I was resenting going, at the time I didn't realize that I was a product of praying parents and praying grandparents. See, my parents just didn't give up on me. My grandparents prayed for me the whole entire time I didn't want to go to church. So I want to speak to the parents and the grandparents in the room this morning. Don't stop praying for your kids. Don't stop having faith for your kid. Don't stop praying for your family. Don't stop praying for your nieces and your nephews. Because the only reason I'm on the stage this morning is because there was just people in my life that didn't give up. 
They had the faith to believe God for more for my life. That the whole time I didn't want to go to church, they were praying and believing that God was going to reveal himself in such a way to me that I couldn't shake it, that I couldn't, that I couldn't ignore it. And I'm standing here as a testimony today of people that just didn't give up on me. Come on, tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, have faith for more. Have faith for more. A lot of people have told me, I worked, uh, I oversaw our, our youth ministry in California, and, and someone actually told me in my first couple weeks, a couple years ago, in my first couple weeks in overseeing the, the youth, they said, I, I honestly don't really believe like God can use young people until they get out of high school and they kind of mature up a little bit and grow up a little bit. And I just want to say that is a lie from the pit of hell because, because God used Josiah when he was eight years old to be king over Judah. God used David. He anointed him at the age of 15. God used Esther. She was 14 years old and made a major difference in the world that we live in. And God used a little boy with a couple loaves of bread and some fish to feed 5,000 people. So don't you tell me your age disqualifies you. No matter how young or no matter how old, it doesn't matter what skin color you are, God can use anyone. If he can use some bread and some fish to feed 5,000 people, he can use what you have in your hand right now. The Bible says God uses the foolish things to confound the wise. See, the younger generation isn't, isn't lost. They're just wandering looking for a place to belong to. They're wandering, looking for an atmosphere, a people group to belong to. And as long as we make room in this church for them, as long as we make room for them to have a seat here, to serve here, to be used here, then God will do what only he can do. Amen? Have faith for more. Have you ever believed God for something and prayed for something and you didn't get what you prayed or believed for? Maybe you were praying for a job promotion and, and you thought you nailed the interview and, and you thought everything was, was lined up in your favor and, and you didn't end up getting it. Maybe you were praying for the right relationship and a relationship that honored God and you've been doing your part. You've been praying, you've been believing and, and you finally get the person that you think is going to be your future spouse and, and it just doesn't end up happening. See, what happens when you are praying for something, but you don't get what you prayed for? What happens when, when you're really believing for something and you feel like if it's, it's of God and you feel like I'm going to honor God with it, but it just doesn't work out? See, I'm reminded a few years ago, I graduated high school then in my freshman year of college. See, I played baseball in high school and baseball and basketball in high school. And I really wanted to play basketball in college, but you can only go so far as a semi-athletic 5'10 white shooting guard. <laughs> I remember going to a college basketball game. Uh, it was like D2 or something. I'm like, yeah, there's no shot. <laughs> These little legs can't get up the court that fast. But I played baseball in high school, and I had a few offers out of high school, and, and there just weren't schools that I wanted to go to. So my plan was that I was going to go to junior college, develop my game, and then get to where I wanted to go. And man, when I'm telling you, I ate, slept, drank the sport of baseball. Everything that I did was for the sport of baseball. 
And so my freshman year was, was one of the best baseball years in, in college that I have ever had in my whole entire life. I was in the best shape. <laughs> and we're like, sure doesn't look like it. But this was a couple years ago. Don't judge me. I was in the best shape. I felt amazing about my game. I was starting to get a little traction, a little more recognition, a little more offers. So I go to this summer league in Minnesota, and and it was a scout summer league to kind of get my name out there. And the whole time I was a pitcher, I'm like, man, my arm, it just doesn't feel right. Like something always feels off. So I ended up going back home to California, and and I I remember I went to the doctors with my parents, and and they told me that I had tore my rotator cuff. And so at that time, that was like everything to me. I felt like the very thing that I was believing for, the very thing that I put all this work, my whole life, my identity was in what I did. And for it to be torn from me, it felt like, it felt like losing everything. It felt like my future was ripped from ahead of me. But in the injury, not being able to play baseball for 10 months or throw a baseball, lift any weights, I remember being depressed. I remember being alone. I remember feeling like, man, this, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. But it was in that time of being injured that, that God revealed himself to me in such a real way. See, see, that's, that's the time in my life where I fully gave my life to Jesus. That's the time where, where I just felt the most peace. I, I, I felt so clear about what he was calling me to do outside of baseball. And I'm so grateful for that season looking back now because if it wasn't for getting injured, I would have no idea where I would be today. See, I'm thankful that we serve a God that doesn't just give us what we need. He gives us what we want. God doesn't just give us what we want. He gives us what we need. And in that season, God knew that I needed salvation far more than I wanted to make it in a sport that I played. So maturity in your walk with Jesus is saying, even if I don't get the job, God's still good. Even if the relationship doesn't work out, I'm going to trust that God is good. Even if my kids may seem lost right now, I know God has them in the palm of their hands. Even though my situation may be messy, It's not messy because God is in control. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. Matthew 15, verses 21 through 28. Verse 21 reads, leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Verse 23 says, Jesus did not answer a word. I just want to stop right there. If I didn't know any better, I would think Jesus was being so rude. This woman comes to him crying, saying, yo, my daughter got the demon in her and I need you to help her. I believed you to be God, and my daughter's got the demon, and I'm coming you to to help, and you're just going to ignore me? It says Jesus didn't answer a word. If I didn't know any better about God, I would say, man, you are so rude. 
Verse 23, Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was, only, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Verse 28, Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. Tap your neighbor, say, neighbor, have faith for more. See, I was thinking we, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't need faith if we never got into a crisis. We would never need face, faith if we never face rejection. We would never need faith if we never got into a season that required us to exercise faith. See, I remember I was a freshman in high school at Real Mesa High School. We got any Real Mesa? It's like, no, no one knows what that is, bro. It's a, it's a high school in Oxnard, California. I was a freshman. Yeah, Oxnard. The Cowboys practice there. Y'all from there? What? That is awesome. People here don't even know how to pronounce it, right? It's like, Oxnard? No. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out the highways and, and, and all the city names. And uh, it's confusing. Pray for me. Oxnard, California, shout out. And I was at Romesa High School. And do you rem remember if you could go way back to your freshman year of high school? And do you remember how nerve wracking it was? Like those first couple weeks, it's like everyone is gigantic. And, and it's, you're walking the halls and everything's new. And, and I'm pretty sure I cried my first day of high school. I'm not lying. Um, it's like, yeah, pray. Um, <laughs> My freshman year of high school, uh, my mom used to always tell me, Ryan, you're not overweight, you're just carrying baby fat. <laughs> and a part of me really wanted to believe her. <laughs> like really badly. But I got to thinking the next day, I'm like, I don't know anyone that's 14 years old that still carries baby fat. I'm like, what is going on? I think she's just trying to be nice. But I remember dating this girl at the time. When I tell you, she was out of my league. She wasn't only out of my league. She was like, she was playing a different sport. Way out of my, I remember thinking to myself, how did I, with my baby fat, get this girl? It doesn't make sense. People would ask me, yo, how did y'all get to, I'm like, I know, man, I know. I, I'm a smooth talker. That's how I got my wife. Amen? No. But we were dating, and, and the whole time we were dating, man, it's like all eyes were on us. You know, I was starting to lose a little weight and, and, and walking her to and from class, long walks. I didn't usually walk before I dated her. And so, <laughs> and so we, um, the whole time we were dating, I was on cloud nine, y'all. Like, first real relationship, couple, couple uh, months in the high school, freshman year, losing some weight. I'm doing great. Got a girl that's out of my league, and, and I was on cloud nine. I felt like I had everything that I needed. In fact, our whole entire relationship, I don't even think I talked to God. I didn't even, I didn't even acknowledge that there was a God. Because I, I was cool. I had everything that I needed. But it wasn't until she broke up with me. 
I was hoping you would give me a little more empathy. Yeah, thank you. I'll try that again. Hold on. But it wasn't until she broke up with me. I know. It wasn't until she broke up with me that I just, I remember in the moment after feeling so proud, now being a, a, a freshman and, and feeling embarrassed and feeling humiliated and, and feeling like, like I was just, what am I going to do? How am I going to get through this? And I didn't need God until I got into a season that I needed God. See, I didn't have to have faith until I got into a predicament that required me to have faith. And I remember praying to God after that, that breakup. I remember praying to God, God, I need you to be the source of my identity. I need you to be the source of my peace, Jesus. And I just remember thinking, man, I don't want to put that responsibility on anyone else to, to be my identity or to be my hope. But God, would I just find it in you? And just like the woman in the scripture, she didn't need to be desperate in her faith until the, the, she saw that the devil had possessed her little girl. She didn't need faith until she saw her daughter's future. Demon-possessed little girl and her mother came to Jesus and said, God, would you heal her? Would you help her? And she didn't stop after Jesus said no. She didn't stop after being rejected by Jesus. She said, I need you to heal my baby. She got desperate in her, in her faith to realize the very thing that she was praying for, God can do. And she says, God, if you are who you say you are, heal my little baby. And because she was desperate in her faith, Jesus had healed her. And maybe you're walking through some things right now that you've given up after Jesus ignored you. Maybe you find yourself being disappointed with God because you felt like he hasn't answered the very thing that you're praying for. Maybe you've been praying for years and years and years. Maybe you've been praying for your marriage and you've been, and you've been trying to ask God to heal and you've, and you've been doing all the right things. You've been coming to church. You've been worshiping. You've been reading your Bible. You've been praying. And you feel like God isn't listening. You feel like God is ignoring you. Oh no, God's not ignoring you. God is, God is walking every single day with you. Because if you're his child, God takes care of his children. And God does things through his own timeline. See, just like when I thought being injured was the worst thing on the planet, it's the very thing that I'm grateful for the most. Because if it wasn't for that season, I wouldn't be where I am at today. And I'm here to encourage you, if it's not for the season you're in right now, there's no story to be written. God is doing a new thing inside of you. And it's time to have faith to believe God for more. It's time to have faith for more. No, what you're going through does not identify you. Your past does not identify you. No, Jesus is eagerly waiting at the door to your heart to, for him to let, you, to let in your heart. 
God is waiting on you to be desperate enough to not take no for an answer. No, God's saying to keep pressing in, keep believing, keep having faith, keep hoping, keep, keep dreaming, keep, keep knowing that I'm going to work all things out together for good. Keep, keep having the faith to know that I am in control. See, God will often allow us to be in a situation that doesn't feel good, that, that doesn't sit right with us. And maybe it's difficult, maybe it's hard, but just know the very thing that you're praying to get out of, God is in. Have faith for more. Have faith for more. I was thinking about the woman in the scripture, her daughter being possessed by a demon and Ever since the beginning of time, the devil has been trying to destroy the younger generation. Reminded in the Old Testament, when Pharaoh sent out an order to kill all the children, when, when Herod sent out an order for children under the age of two to be murdered. And the biggest threat to the younger generation is broken families and broken marriages. See, if the devil can break apart a marriage, then he can have his way through the kid. It's time to have faith for more for our families. It's time to fight for our families. It's time to fight for our kids. It's time to fight for this younger generation. It's time to fight for the things of God. It's just time to get downright desperate in our faith with Jesus. And that's all it is. It's, maybe it's coming to church and saying, man, I don't care what I look like. I don't care what other people are saying about me. I don't care the rumors that are being spread. I'm just desperate to see my kid's life change. I'm just desperate to see my marriage change. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what I have to do. I don't care how many times a day I have to pray, but I am desperate enough in my faith to see my family get healed. Come on, is there anyone in the room this morning that is desperate enough to see their situation change? That is desperate enough to see their job change? That's desperate enough to see their marriage change. Is there anyone in the room that's desperate to have faith for more? Have faith for more. You know, there, there's, there's nothing worse than being around someone that is honestly just a little bit annoying. And, and it's not that you don't like that person. It's you love that person. But it's like this person, they, they, they say too many jokes and they say too many jokes at the wrong time. Y'all got any people? It's just like, yo, you are just always saying something that is off the wall. That is just, you just, I love you, but shut up. And I hate to admit to you this morning, church, I am that person. Oh my gosh, there couldn't be a more accurate description of me. Ask my wife, please ask her after service. She will tell you the truth. Ask any one of my friends or my family. It's like, bro, we love you, but you talk way too much and you say too many inappropriate things and, and I am that person. So two months ago, we moved here, and when we moved in, um, we were just looking for a place to move to. We finally got a place, and uh, we, we got there, and I pulled my maps up. I'm like, babe, look, there's a golf course a mile and a half away. And she's like, oh, wow, that's awesome. I'm like, I know. Isn't it so strange that God just drops us here right next to a golf course? Like, who would have thought of that? I did. <laughs> and um, so... 
So there was a particular week that I'm not proud of. It was a couple weeks ago. I wish it was a couple years ago, but it was a couple weeks ago. I'm a work in progress. Don't judge me. A couple weeks ago, um, I, I not only was asking my wife to play golf uh, one time in a week, I was not only asking her to play golf two times in a week, not even a third. I was asking my wife to go play golf for four times in one week. And, and all the wives are like, ooh, boy, you are, <laughs> you are on thin ice right now. I know, trust me. And um, so I was going out there, I'm like, babe, um, I'm feeling really good about my game. There's a couple guys at the course that are starting to call me the White Tiger Woods. I'm really feel confident. <laughs> and um, I'm like, babe, I'm trying to get us up. We're trying to make it. You got to let me play. <laughs> it's like, I'm not really good at all. I just started playing like two years ago. But um, I'm like, yeah, you know, they're referring to me as like the goat. I thought that was an animal, but I mean, they say I'm the greatest and I'm feeling really good about my game. I really am. And so can I please go play golf again? And like any wife in the crowd, her answer was no. And so the thing about me is when I hear someone tell me no in any context, it, I don't take it. My mind doesn't register it a no. My mind says it's a maybe closer to the side of yes. So I just got to ease my way into the situation to get her to say yes. And no kidding. There wasn't a dish in our house that wasn't washed. There wasn't, I must have vacuumed four times. There wasn't a speck of dust in the whole thing. I'm just going around her, vacuuming all fast, listening to music, praise God. I mean, <laughs> the whole time, and I, would, I would go past her and, and I would do like fake golf swings. I'd be like, man, the swing's getting better. I wish I could go play. <laughs> and I would just, I would look at her sitting down. I'm like, baby, your posture looks, let me, your back looks like so sore. Let me get the lotion. Lay down. I'll give you a massage. I was massaging her. I'm like, man, those poor feet look like they haven't been touched in years. Baby, I'm going to go back, get the lotion. You're getting a foot massage. I gave her massages. I cleaned. I mean, I was pulling out all the stops, y'all, and all the husbands say amen. But I was trying to do everything and anything to get this woman to say yes to me. Man, I was, I was just about done with all my options, and I'm just like, okay, don't give up. Keep pressing in. So I'll just, I'm like, are you sure I can't go? And, okay, I'm fine. I want to ask again. A couple minutes later, I'd ask again. And, and after a couple hours of this, my wife said, yo, get out of the house and go play. Like, I am so done. So what did I do? I went out of the house and I went and played golf for the fourth time in one week. I've only been married a year, so don't judge me too harshly, husbands. But it wasn't because my wife was so loving and gracious, even though she is. It wasn't that she was so loving and gracious that she let me go play golf. It was just because I was persistent enough in my request that I was able to go play golf. And just like the woman in the scripture, she was persistent enough in her faith to believe God to heal her daughter that she wasn't going to take no for an answer. She said, somehow, some way, I'm going to be desperate and persistent in my faith because my baby needs healing. And for so many of you, you're in a situation 
You're in a situation of your life and maybe your marriage that you just think that, man, maybe this is how my marriage is always going to be. We've been, in the first 10 years were great, but I guess this is as good as it, it's going to get. And I guess maybe this is how, this is how my job is, is always going to be. And, and maybe this is how things are always going to play out. Oh, it's time to have faith for more in your season. No, no, no. What you're facing right now isn't the end of your story. Because if God is walking with you, then that same God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask, think, or imagine. You're not defined by the season that you're in. You're, just, you're defined by the God that you serve. Oh, it's time to have faith for your marriage. It's time to have faith for your family. It's time to have faith for your kids. It's time to have faith for this church. It's time to have faith for the younger generation. Oh, God wants to use the younger generation in ways that we couldn't even imagine. It's time to have faith to believe that God will do it. Come on, let's pray it this morning, church. Jesus, we are so thankful for your presence, Father. God, we thank you that you are a God who answers prayers. And God, thank you that, that you hear us when we cry out at night, Jesus. God, I pray that you would encourage us to believe for more, to have faith for more, to walk in such a way that we have a confidence in who you are, Jesus. God, I pray this morning that no matter the season or the difficulties that we face, Jesus, that you would allow us to focus on how good you are. And God, thank you that you heal. Thank you that you restore. Thank you that you are in control of our lives, Jesus. God, we're reminded this morning what a miracle it is that you healed the woman's daughter in scripture, Jesus. And, and God, if you can do it for her, you can do it for us. So God, would we have the faith to believe that you are who you say you are. And everyone says amen, amen, and amen. Love you, Embassy. Thanks for listening today. If this message spoke to you in any way, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. We would like to connect with you. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit embassycity.com. You can watch live on Sundays and view past messages on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Church. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Embassy Irving. If you'd like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at embassycity.com or text embassycity, all one word, to 77977. We pray you have a great week. Thanks for listening today.